I am started now. I'll let Karen finish his mighty yawn. <laughs> it's a roar. I'm a lion. <laughs> I'm probably going to leave that in. Why not? Hi, and welcome to Carbon Podcast, episode 450. Uh, we got there, guys. Wow. Um, <laughs> I am your host, uh, Chris Truscott Brown. Uh, joining me are two people that uh, will introduce themselves in whatever order they please. I'm Kieran, still, after all this time. Mm-hmm. I'm Juan Sanchez. I'm uh, covering up my own murder. <laughs> okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, and hey, hey, where have I been recently? Uh, you have been to Japan. I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. Peter uh, fled to Japan, but then yeah. he came back like an idiot. Yeah, just well, stayed no, there, no, no, dude. No. He did stay there. I'm Juan Sanchez. Ah. Um. Peter was expelled from Japan for trying to restart uh, Sengoku Jidai, uh, the period of warring states. Man, you joke about that. People actually want to freaking do that. It's insane. <laughs> but it sounds like, you know Listen. what it sounds like? What? It sounds like we need to do something. Chris? Uh, not yet. Because okay. before the theme song, I got something I need to say. Okay. Last night into this morning, I not figuratively, but literally shit the bed. So now that the theme song is done, uh, yes, I actually shit the bed. I I have not been having a great day. I have been sick, and I literally had uh, diarrhea in the middle of the night, and I literally shit the bed. This is the first time this has ever happened to me. Since, and it, like what, you were a little kid? Uh, well, I mean, I probably shit the bed in diapers when I was a little kid, but as an adult... Well, luckily, Chris still wears diapers, mostly just I, for fun. I, apparently, um. I should, because <laughs> I literally shit the bed, and uh, that that's kind of been my day, because we are trying to clean the mattress. It's drying right now. We've <laughs> inflated an air mattress. It's like... This is a real actual problem, but I'm, it, yeah, I, I'm actually thinking right now, uh, the episode title is Carbomb Shits the Bed. Has to be. Uh, but yeah, that, that is my day. I hate my life right now. Um, yeah, uh, that happened. It's beautiful. <laughs> it it beautiful. really isn't. It it's it's in in theory like if you're thinking of it, uh, if you're thinking of it, it's funny. If it ever Sorry actually happens to you, um, yeah, no, I don't want it to happen to me. I'm it just laughing fucking that it happened sucks. To you. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. I literally wouldn't bring it up on the podcast if I didn't want you guys to make fun of me for it. So <laughs> it, it would um, be way funnier if we were laughing. You're like, stop it, you guys. This is serious. Stop uh, it. I, that's not me though. I'm. I know. I'm, I'm a guy <laughs> that. that I'm a guy that just lives all of my personal details out in public, and you gotta respect it. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my topic. What what else do you guys have? <laughs> uh, well, surely there's something else that we need to say before that. <coughs> No, the the theme song already dropped after it, he said I it, shit the it bed. It happened. My mm. my I shit the bed was the uh in post production is gonna be the, the theme song drop. Peter is so confused because we have always said theme song for the past while before we do the theme song, but there's no in the car bomb constitution it nowhere stipulates yep. that you have okay. to Say theme song. Okay, that, theme that, song. this is actually a good segue because I need to I need to talk to you about canon. So ever since okay. the Santa canon discussion, I've considered you the canon guy. You uh, know, yeah. fairly or unfairly. Absolutely. No, Kieran yeah. is the is the owner of cannons. Santa canon. Yeah, and all other canons. So I need to talk about two particular pieces of canon that I encountered while I was in Japan. Um, this is also probably be spin off to talk about the various parts of the trip. I did do a whole podcast about that recently. That's what the latest uh, Pop Tower uh, episode was about, which came out Monday. Haven't heard oh, yet. Just rehash but it. I'm going yeah. to. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing because that episode was an hour. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've sent you both the photos, though. Uh, yes. well, you you have been putting it on Emily's Discord, and I've seen, been seeing all the photos. I, I sent you the library link too. I didn't click that. Did I I've been looking. I, I didn't. I have been mm-hmm. looking at the a few pictures a day uh, dump that you've done. Yeah, I need to do more, but I like that's the thing. The the album's over five hundred. I know your wife's looked at them. Oh yeah, your wife's seen my photos. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to make that sound creepy, but there's nothing aggressive about that at all. Yes, I, I, yes, she has. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> go on. I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to make that sound more suggestive. It's hard, but um, <laughs> hey, so, so the first canon, that, so the first canon. No, that that was more suggestive than the first thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just trying to keep going, and then you had to do the e. Um, <laughs> so the so the reason to bring up Santa canon is, are you guys familiar with Captain Santa? Uh, no, but I would like no. to be. Yeah, Please exactly. Me. Yeah. Now, now, now the actual Captain Santa, the the person that the uh, was a um, a ship captain in Lake Michigan who worked for like apparently like three decades and I think saved people's lives one day and because he had a big white beard they would call him Captain Santa so that's the boring part of the origin story you know a very wholesome man who they were like oh he's a lovely man with a big beard let's call him Captain Santa mm-hmm. for 30 years there has been a store in Odaiba which is um, one of the artificial like one of the land reclamation artificial islands that is like in tokyo bay like that's where i stayed when i was there um in odaiba's aqua city which is a um pretty cool mall there is a captain santa store (laughs) which is apparently captain a cartoon recreation of captain santa kind of in the tintin style i don't think that's quite right um but like that kind of like you know european comic lynn claire 
I don't know. I don't know how, how to like. Um, like that was Hersha's name for it, Lynn Claire. Hmm. Tintin was very specifically done with solid outside lines and uh, just vague inside lines. But yeah, Lynn Claire is literally French uh, for, for clear, line clear, yeah. clear lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, but anyway, I couldn't, I couldn't yes. tell you. But my point is, he looks like more like a European style than like an anime or whatever. Okay. And then he's got a collection of colorful friends, most of whom are anthropomorphic animals. Okay. And this is apparently just like a store that sells merch for a fictional cartoon that I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. I'm going to say, seems very niche. How are <laughs> yeah. they still in business? <laughs> the only reason I noticed it, because I was walking by Aqua City, because uh, I love to walk around that area in the morning, and like it was like, Captain Santa celebrating 30 years. I'm like, what? Wow. That was that was a lot to take in. And of course, I can't get clear information on it by Googling it, because Captain Santa gets me hits for Santa Claus. Yeah. Gets me yeah. Hit, even, if, even if you put it in quotations, I want to uh, emphasize. I don't know if you've heard, but... Uh rather popular uh fellow in pop culture i prefer krampus uh, i mean not nearly as popular mm, you say that well, i you prefer be captain a... krampus i, I think history is going to prove me wrong on this one christopher <laughs> i hope oh. i honestly hope <laughs> that krampus comes out on top in history yeah that would be amazing <laughs> but um yeah, so the other canon. Okay, I gotta I gotta set this up here. So there's a bunch. There's four Gundam bases in, I guess, the world. As far as I know, um, oh, there's yeah. there's three there's three in Tokyo there's three in Japan, not Tokyo, Japan, and there's one in Shanghai. And mm-hmm. each Gundam base is like a place where you buy, um, Gundla model kits, right? And there's like. And there's like exclusive ones at the various locations. They all have a giant Gundam statue. So there's the one in Odaiba, which has the unicorn Gundam statue. There's the one in Yokohama, which has the classic Gundam statue, but it moves a lot. Like, I don't know if you looked through the album, Karen, you saw that video? I have not yet. Sorry. It's fine. There's a, yeah, I got a whole video of it from like 30 floors up. It was kind of cool. Um, yeah, that one's pretty great, though. And then there's one in Fukuoka which is the new Gundam, NU, not like N-E-W, uh, from one of the later movies. And then um, there's the Freedom Gundam from um, Seed over in Shanghai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I want to qualify this for what happens next. So at starting at 7 o'clock until 9.30 at night, every night, the Unicorn Gundam in Odaiba lights up. Because it has like that one has like a transformation sequence where it goes from like unicorn to like classic Gundam look and like it activates its power cells so it's like starts glowing and it's a it's a cool little power up. And then every half hour they do a light show where they project on the side of the mall it's at. It's called a uh, side note. It's called Diver City. It's Diver City, but then it's they pronounce it Diversity. Uh, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, which I thought was because like it, it's, it's confusing because it's supposed to be pronounced all as one word, but sometimes there's a space between diver and city. It'd be funny to like really dislike that town, just be like, oh, I hate diversity. Yeah, if if you are diver city, but then you just double down on refusing to acknowledge, just like no, that's not how it's pronounced. Yeah, 
I always feel like I'm in the back of diversity. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, there's a few. Well, because like the back is like where all the parking is. So yeah. that's that is a legitimate thing. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting we're getting off topic. Um, so we, we're talking about we're talking about elaborate cannon. So the video shows the unicorn Gundam, which is the one we're we're looking at, fighting uh, another mobile suit of some kind. And then all of a sudden, when it when it seems like it's gonna lose, the freaking Freedom Gundam from Shanghai shows up. As in, the cartoonism shows that the Freedom Gundam, after helping save the day, flies back to Shanghai and lands in front of the Shanghai Mall that's in front of. Hmm. Meaning that the giant Gundam statues have their own cannon. That Beautiful. is pretty incredible. <laughs> and it's and they're and, and most importantly they're friends yeah yeah all, all four of the gundam statues are friends do you do you think uh that was your top moment or do you have another because i oh curious... I, I have so many it's hard to, what, it's hard before to we go to that what before we you... go to that okay i want to hear peter's top moments and that was one of them but what do you got karen i just want to say I mean, Santa certainly has a Gundam, right? Oh, probably. Like Santa Claus? Yeah. I would like to see a Santa Gundam episode. You know how, like, like Doctor Who does Christmas mm. episodes? Gundam should do that, too. And Santa should be, like, saving Christmas in a Gundam. I want um, that. Actually, I don't, I don't believe Santa would have a Gundam. I think Santa would be on par with a Gundam. And the crossover episode would be Gundam's helping Santa, but I don't think they're gonna put him in one. He's, he's I think he should get in one. Yeah, I um, think he uh, should get his own Gundam. Kira, his red uh, and green Gundam. Well, there, Kira, there's two. There's two Gundams I could show you, which I think will be kind of close, but not quite what you want. So first, mm. let me show you the Turn A Gundam. This is in the chat in the podcast chat. So this is obviously not a full beard, but I think mm. you'll get a kick out of the uh, facial hair on that Gundam. That's cute. That's cute. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that that's like a Robotnik level mustache. Isn't it amazing? Mm. Uh, that's the turn A Gundam incredible. for the for for the uh, podcast listeners and not the um, viewers. <laughs> Whoever's hacks into our Discord to watch us <laughs> through our web. Oh my goodness! Then, oh. This this one. That one's pretty close to I think what you described because like those horns could yeah, be right here. Yeah, that's a right? red and green. It could be a red. Yeah, like, you yeah, could have like some reindeer. This is literally a Rudolph, Rudolph Gundam, uh, like yeah. straight up legit. That's a Rudolph Gundam. <laughs> like if the beard was white like, and it wasn't so blatantly samurai, that's all I, you needed. Again, uh, Peter, for those of us not in the actual chat, uh, what is <laughs> the name of the second one? Oh, that's a Rudolph Gundam, hundred percent. I forget because it's got a very complicated Japanese Not name, right. and, and there's like a burning or something in there too. It's like the burning Shukanobu or something like that. It's I, I'm literally I'm looking at the text for the name of it, and I cannot pronounce it. Fair enough. He could have like the reins of his sleighs and hold like two sleighs as like weapons in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> I I love just like swing them around. I love the narrative that Kieran has arrived at. I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. not interested. Santa sleigh. Now. Uh, like full on with Santa and reindeer, uh, but two of them, and being wielded as weapons. 
yeah. as sort of like nunchuck like yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love the yeah. narrative you built, Kieran. I love that Rudolph, where you got Rudolph turns into like a beam gun, like, and it fires from his nose. Yeah, he could have a the, the Santa uh, Gundam could have a bright red nose that like shoots. Well, beams. no, the the traditional Santa sleigh with reindeer are now reduced to weapons, and so. Rudolph is presumably leading the herd, and uh, yeah, it's it's a ranged weapon, except it has a beam opportunity with Rudolph okay. if you aim it properly, because I... obviously it the, the reindeer can fly, right? So obviously you could extend it out completely and uh, let it fire. Because it okay, can now, itself. Now, I don't have the ability to accomplish this in the moment because it's very concept, like high concept. I'm thinking of an anime <laughs> OP. Say. I'm thinking of an anime OP intro that's like an anime version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song. But instead <laughs> of asking him to like guide his sleigh, it's asking him to like fight in battle like, against Rudolph other the robots. Red-Nosed Reindeer! <laughs> yeah. That'd be really cool. <laughs> well, get uh, on it. Okay. I think I can, um, yeah. I mean, I don't speak Japanese at all, but they, they say lots of little English stuff in their theme song. Uh, oh, oh, that, yeah, that's that. actually a great, that's a great segue into um something that happened that that was also a highlight of the trip for sure. Okay, uh, I might come back to this. But all right. Go on. <laughs> but no, you'll, you'll like, okay, so this doesn't involve wrestling, but you'll like where it goes. Okay. Okay. It's gonna take a little bit to get there. So we went to um, uh, watch an um part of the New Japan Cup tournament. I previously talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, you know the Japanese Cup. Like Chris, you've seen some matches from them and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so this is a turn annual tournament where they um the champion gets to challenge for their world title at one of like the their big April show. In this case, their April show is Sakura Genesis, which is happening right around the time. The cherry blossoms are in full bloom. Uh, they're pretty much in full bloom now, but they're, it depends on the area you're in. Uh, so this is in like Sorry, a week. Not, not to dig too deep into kayfabe, but mm-hmm. the current champion is challenging someone else. Why? No, no, no. The winner of the tournament gets to challenge the champion. Oh, okay. That makes more it's, sense. It's, it's, a number, it's a giant number one contenders tournament for... A title shot and a prestigious one at that because it's one of the bigger shows of the year so it's like you know it's a big deal it's like how in uh, wrestling the royal rumble is gets the main event at wrestlemania it's kind of like that but different it's not quite as big of a show as wrestlemania and that it's not even their that company's biggest show it's just like yeah this is how we designed it who who challenges with the title but um yeah in this case we watched a quarterfinal where Two things happened that both involved gratuitous English. So this is the part Kieran will care about. So first, I love gratuitous English. Oh yeah, yeah. It's well in this case, one of the first <sighs> final final uh, tournament matches was um, a, a Aussie named Mark Davis because he's not really known for his wrestling name because he's just a member of a tag team called Aussie Open. So it like sounds him, like 
That sounds like a swingers club. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, he's known song... for his tag team, Aussie Open. Well, their theme song is just it, like you know, it's kind of like a dance club version of Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. But like in, in like oh, a God, dance Australia, club. Australians are so dumb. Uh. <laughs> well, they're all Fight. criminals, you know. Fighting words, Kieran. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm only semi-joking now because I've been l- learning a lot about uh, Australian organized crime lately, and it's actually quite terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of don't. It kind of makes me not want to go to Australia. Um, Fair enough. Uh, I would think the incredibly insane cost of flights would be your main barrier. Eh, it's not that much more expensive than Japan was. I'm I'm pretty sure. But um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So um, the Mark Davis is taking on Evil, a member of the House of Torture. And uh, just to clarify, it's evil in all English capital letters because that way they have to write it in English and they can't just use the Japanese characters. Mm. So mm-hmm. uh, evil comes out and makes fun of Mark Davis for, you know, being a guy named Mark Davis, essentially. He goes on a long rant in Japanese, climbs outside the ring as he does so, and then at the end, he looks at Mark Davis, who's in the ring, and just shouts, and then says, You are a fucking loser! <laughs> <laughs> And as he says that, Mark Davis comes flying into him, and the match is on. Nice, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. His retort was to kick him in the face, <laughs> which is how wrestling. That's, should... that's the appropriate response. Yeah. No, no. I mean, what else can you do? <laughs> um. So that was a solid match overall. Honestly, it's uh, evil matches just aren't that great because he cheats a lot. But it's like, eh, no, they they found a way to make it work. But is that part of his character to just like cheat all the time? I'm pretty sure the the name House of Torture was supposed to sound cool and evil, but it just makes a perfect metaphor for how the audience feels because constantly watching them cheat gets really freaking boring. Like, how does he cheat? Oh, it's just like he gets his goons to beat up the ref and then beats up the guy and punches him in the balls while the ref is down, and the ref for some reason never disqualifies him. Oh, I mean, he was distracted, uh, so um, obviously, uh, that's pretty funny. He might yeah. miss some calls. Well, like, like at least. There's another. There's a comedy wrestler who does this type of thing too, but it's just him doing it by himself, and he's very much just doing like Looney Tune shenanigans, like making the ref turn his back, and while the ref has turned his back, he like unhooks the padding on the turnbuckle, so if someone runs into it, it'll hurt more. Like, like <laughs> I, that's the I kind like of thing I can like get because wrestling is literally cartoons. So yeah. if well, you apply cartoon logic to it, yes, like that works. Um. I'm just answering your question that you said that I'm not going to mention on the pod. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm asking Peter questions that aren't mm-hmm. podcast appropriate on the podcast. Like, so, will like, will you be my boyfriend? Do you like? Um, I mean, no, I'm and... pretty sure Peter already has a boyfriend. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's called wrestling. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I saying? Uh, you're right. So the other match uh, saw two members of Los Ingobernables de Japón, uh, who are Japanese wrestlers who t- adopted a Mexican "you can't control me" attitude, hence the weird name. Yeah, because I was going to say that started Spanish and then ended French. Well, de, de Japón is like Sp- the that, anyway. That's the French part. Yeah, but it's it, it's also Spanish, Chris. You're making fun of my pronunciation. 
would uh, would Spanish say de Japon? Yeah. Oh. They wouldn't say it with that accent, but the problem is I'm, I know French better than I know Spanish. Anyway, okay. fair enough. Ignoring semantics. So, um, the leader of the faction, Tetsuya Naito, took on his one of his more trusted protégés, Sonata. Uh, and Sonata ends up beating Naito. And then after the match, a new faction of wrestlers called, you'll love this, just four guys come out. <laughs> hey, guess what their thing is? Uh, how many? Guys. How many guys are there? Oh, oh, plot twist. Okay. My favorite part is when <clears throat> only some of them are involved in a tag match. Instead of being in just four guys, it's just two guys or just three guys. <laughs> is there ever just one guy? No. When it's just one guy, they just get credited as themselves. Oh. Which is which is a little disappointing, but I love that. I yeah, still love that come joke. On, be consistent. <laughs> There's just X number of guys. <laughs> so the four guys come out, and the definitely not the leader, but effectively, effectively he's the leader. Let's be real. Hugs Sonata, and then uh, another guy does a bit of a long speech in Japanese that I don't understand. But then he says, and then he says, "Just four guys? No, just five guys." <laughs> so and he, yes, the internet immediately made that joke about the, the murders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, nice. yeah. So that was that was a lot of fun to be there for a possible historic moment because the guy who, what Sonata, he ended up winning the whole tournament. Nice. So in about a week, he's challenging for the world title. Maybe good he'll be for him. Yeah, I know it, it, it's good. He hasn't won that tournament before. He's a pretty good wrestler. I want to see what happens. But um, so that was a highlight. Now before I cover another one, you want to cover something else? Just so we, I'm not, we're not just talking about my trip the whole time. I don't have a lot uh, other than uh, the fact that I am once again, uh, like, totally sick. And mm-hmm. it's kind of been the running narrative of my life through uh, the beginning of this year. So, yeah. Uh, stuff sucks. <laughs> I don't have much else other than that. I believe I mentioned that I shit the bed. So beyond that, um, uh, what more can you say? That's fair. What do you got Kieran. going on, Kieran? Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the whole time I've been uh, concocting a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Santa Gundam anime <laughs> in my head. I'm fine with that. I, I am... <laughs> I've been... Not I've been only rewriting. Fine, I am happy about that. Please, I'm trying to. I'm like workshopping a name, like Claws, Red Laser Snout. No, Knights. no. Uh, here, here's here's what you need to do. Uh, you need to. I I'm not gonna give you the actual details. This is on you. But you need oh. to come up with an acronym. C L A U S E. Yeah. You you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. come up with a Klaus acronym and do Don't it. Don't think there's an E. Or you can just call it the Yuletide Gundam. Uh Klaus has an E. Does it? Santa I'm pretty Klaus? sure it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no. Chris, you're thinking I of am... the Tim Allen movies. Oh the yeah. claw <laughs> okay, yes, the claws. Uh okay. 
Yeah. It's got a Disney Plus series too, which is weird. A whole series? Yeah. I'm intrigued. Like, I'm gonna check it out. It's got most of the original cast. I don't know what it's. I, I don't know who wanted that, but I guess Tim Allen's happy to get more work. Yule Pie mean, does sound like a pretty cool power, like power attack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. one of my favorite uh, puns from The Tick, where a wave mm. of Santas comes towards him at one point because there's they're fighting multiple Santa, a, a guy dressed up as a mall Santa who got the ability to clone himself. So that's funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, so a, a literal wave of Santas is coming towards him, and he screams, "It's a Yuletide!" And then he has to swim through a <laughs> sea like of clone that's, Santas. That's horrible, but I love it. It, it um, it's even better in the episode. I'm going to speaking say. of the tick. Uh, the I haven't watched the newer one, but the Patrick Warburton one. Yeah. Uh, I have finally gotten Jamie to watch uh, the series of unfortunate events, uh, like the the Netflix series, mm-hmm. and. We have finished it now. She loved it, but she was so she never read the books, and she was so turned off by the movie, which literally completely whiffed and did not get what the books were about at all. Uh, but I'm so happy to have shared the series with her because it's great. It's one of my favorites. Cool. Anyway, I guess uh, another highlight for me then. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, my brain is, like, distracted. (laughs) I understand. Uh, I've given you a lot to play with, and I'm happy. I'm honestly myself... (laughs) That's a creepy thing to say to someone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Honestly, myself, I am nearly falling asleep. Mm. I am, like, desperately caffeinating... Uh, with Red Bull right now, but well, we can call it a shorter episode, can't we? Um, I mean, what else do you got? If if it's landing on me, I'm gonna call it. But I think no, you no, guys I, I got have more other stories. So carry. I on. got more. Mm-hmm. Go well, ahead. Let me talk about the food. I, I can lift. Well, I'll talk about some of the food highlights because I didn't really get a chance to talk about it much in the um, Pop Tower mm. episode. Yeah, uh, now I, I hear they eat Japanese food there. Yeah, you don't say. Um, so. We went to the YouTube famous Tuna King Sushi Restaurant. Uh, its actual name is like Sushi Zanmai, but in YouTube he's, he's known as the Tuna King. Mm-hmm. So we went to see the Tuna King, and we got a lot of tuna. It was quite good. Because, like, they do all the different cuts of tuna, including, like, a full-fat tuna and, like, the semi-fat tuna. And, like, there's, like, a kind of a chuck tuna type of thing that's different from, like... Um... I mean, you can have tuna fat and tuna steak absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. well because that was the thing because like the semi-fat tuna is just like tuna fat and then there's the full fat is basically tuna steak but it's like rich primo raw tuna steak it's great um so all that stuff was there i don't know a nice bed of rice with some miso and mm, it was delicious and it was only about um three thousand yen so about 30 bucks hmm. not bad uh, yeah, for a premium meal like that, I'd pay that. Uh, a lot of these meals were at, were about that price, the the really fancy ones, because we did um, yakiniku, which is basically Korean barbecue, like a slight Japanese twist on Korean barbecue, where you cook it right in front of you. Nice. Yeah, and we did that with some wagyu. So we had uh, AAA wagyu. I've never Ooh. had wagyu. 
uh, that I know of. <laughs> I, I I do know the difference. Uh, like for those listening, we are in Kelowna, BC, and the difference between a desert which is Kelowna and a coastal city of Vancouver the difference in sushi is night and day mm. I have never had sushi in Japan and I'm so jealous of you because I think that's going to be literally that's where it came from I think it's going to be the best sushi you'll ever have and I've never had it and I want it. <laughs> Probably the only place that would be better is if you went to a specific region within Japan because like the freshest seafood is usually around the Hokkaido region. So Right. So I was I just meaning there. in Japan. Yeah, no no hundred percent. I don't think you'll get better sushi than in Japan. No, uh, there's a couple of places in Vancouver that are really good too and so they might be more comparable. Like one of the places I went to in uh Vancouver, I would say, is pretty comparable, and it's not that expensive locally. But uh... yeah, I mean, there's a pretty significant Japanese diaspora throughout the world, and anywhere that has access to fresh seafood on the coast, yeah. where it's like Fair fresh, yeah. fresh, can probably create something like similar. Yeah, San Francisco can probably pull it off. Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, it's you still got regional fish, though, so there's that that yeah. factor, which I think is the one big edge that the chefs in Japan have because I, I would say there is definitely accomplished sushi chefs in Vancouver that can rival some Japanese ones it's just a matter of the fish proximity at that point yeah mm-hmm. fair and enough. so what they're if, using if you're coastal then yeah it's probably accessible um I also yeah. would like to uh high five Kieran on throwing out diaspora well done of course <laughs> always I had um I didn't have this last time I had sukiyaki for the first time. Ooh. Um I still don't fully understand what it is and I'm too lazy to google it at this very moment. But uh, cuz it's I, I got it as um cuz I did shabu shabu again and those aren't familiar. It's basically mm-hmm. boiling meat and veg in a I think it's like kind of a water oil mix. And so the flavor from the various things starts to mix in the liquid and next thing you know they're all kind of getting absorbed. And then you usually finish it with a couple of udon noodles or something, and the noodles absorb everything and become, like, the best noodles you've ever had. So, like, the first okay. round is maybe not the best, but the flavor stays, and so it gets better and better as you eat more of it. It's kind of a fun thing. Um, but in this case, it was half the oil and water and then half sukiyaki soup. Hmm. And then, so you were cooking stuff in the soup, and that was amazing. Like that was just really good, and again, that was um, only like. For for the record, anyone wanting to look it up, as I just did, sukiyaki is S U K I Y A K I, and oh, yeah. it is just uh, thin sliced meat, vegetables, soy sauce, sugar, and mirin. If you were curious, well, it's it's a it's a hot pot kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's like yeah, it's like the hot pot. It was the hot pot sauce because like we added the meat and veg ourselves and mm. boiled it in there. But like the but like the the stock and the mirin and the soy sauce was already there. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds amazing, and I'm jealous. Mm. I didn't get to have it. Thankfully, Shabu Shabu is getting a little more popular in North America. I don't think there's any places in Kelowna that'll do it. But you know, again, the coast, absolutely. Yeah, and that mm. one's 
I would say less region required because it's mostly just getting good cuts of food, which you can get good cuts of anywhere. But um, and the other other big food I definitely want to shout out is um, Shogun Burger. So Shogun Burger, as you would imagine, is a chain of Japanese burger restaurants that do Wagyu beef patties. And proclaim their loyalty to the Shogun. Oh, no, no. Kieran, Kieran, Kieran. They are against... They they want to reduce the emperor. (laughs) Kieran, they brand their burgers with a Shogun helmet. Wow. Yeah, you know... We cannot cannot stand for this. The, The Shogunate was defeated in the 1870s and they do not deserve to be restored they they lost that actually i'm playing a video game right now where which is about the meiji the start of the uh imperial restoration yeah well the character the the protagonist is ryuchi sakamoto who is one of the key figures in starting that whole movement okay 1868 my guess was close enough (laughs) yeah you i i I knew you were close enough. I didn't want to bother correcting you. So I didn't bother looking it up because I will never question Kieran on history. He will beat me down in an alley. Yeah. I just knew when the Meiji Meiji Restoration is brought up, they usually mention 1867, 1868. So I'm like, and you said 1870. I'm like, maybe that's when uh, the emperor finally properly took charge again. I don't know. I'm just going to assume close enough. Um, But yeah, actually that leads me into another thing. So, Last time when I went to Japan in 2019, we went to Yoyoki Park, which is where the Meiji Shrine is, which is the mm. biggest Shinto shrine in Tokyo. Um, and so we went back, and this time we actually got to explore the garden more, and we found a 400-year-old well. <laughs> which is like, and it's like just an old well dug by... A guy who was kind of important at the end of Sengoku Jedi, Kiyomasa Kato. I think he worked for... Um... Probably because he dug the well, <laughs> to be honest. He, he might have retroactively become more famous because of that. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But his well is still there. So Kiyomasa's well. Uh, so we got to soak our hands in a 400-year-old spring. That is incredible. Mm. I thought that was... Like, 400-year-old man-made. Because, I mean, you know, like, a lot of creeks or whatever you go into are probably hundreds if not thousands of years old right right but they're not they're not they're they're usually named like so-and-so creek but Mm -hmm. a well was actually dug by somebody so i don't know i feel like that gets more respect yeah and like that's a cool thing and then the meiji um yeah shrine is there and both times I've gone to the Meiji Shrine, I've gotten to witness a Shinto wedding procession, mm. which has been pretty cool. It's not quite known if the well was actually dug by Kato Kiyomasa, a feudal lord of the early Edo period. Uh, he This says he was a fervent follower of a specific brand of Buddhism and had a pathological hatred for all other faiths and was famous for putting war above all else. Yeah, sounds that's like a fun guy. I'm, I'm <laughs> that sounds about really, right. I'm really impressed, Kieran. You have such a historical <laughs> knowledge. It almost yeah, seems yeah. it almost seems like in your head you have uh, random Wikipedia articles in there I was just, I, because I mean, of how uh, historically motivated you are. 
Yes, I, I've, uh, I've, I actually did my PhD on the history of wells in Japan, so this is... Um... I mean, why wouldn't you? I'm just going to ignore yeah. that, that it's canon that Kieran hasn't been to Japan. Yeah, it's canon. Um... It's like literally one of the few places in the world that Kieran hasn't been and or fucked in. What the fuck? Uh, Kieran, we've already made it fact that you have fucked your way around the world. We don't know that. It, it's um, like a more wholesome Russell Crowe. <laughs> going around yeah. the world well, and effing well, everyone. I don't know if I call that wholesome, but... I, I mean, it's consensual. Nothing about this podcast yes. is wholesome. Um, uh, I was not, trying to I look... I make a dark joke there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I had... Uh... I had when I was in my undergrad, I took some like Japanese history courses, and I titled all my essays with like haikus of puns, <laughs> uh, but I can't find them right now. Of course, um, you did. That would have to be funny. In addition to being an international whore, uh, I'm really cool. <laughs> uh, you are also, and um, I say this with love, an insufferable. Du- insufferable douchebag when uh chris says that he means i am a i am a wandering ronin uh proficient in the arts of uh the haiku and poetry as as proficient as i am with a blade (laughs) the two things i have studied the the pen and the blade because i was a guy i heard someone say the pen is mightier than the sword i was like but what if i was really good at both (laughs) yeah that's a good strategy, to be honest. And he's also a big Wesley Snipes fan, so he loves those Blade movies. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> the first two, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's more? How oh, many there's Blades three. are there? Oh, oh there's okay. three. I don't even remember the, the third one. <laughs> the third one is... Uh, it, it. You know what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's so anyways, what I have to say about the third one. If you ever want to visit that well to imbue yourself with a sense of pathological hatred for other religions, mm. Peter was just standing there and he was like, God damn Methodists. That's actually hilarious because it's right next to a Shinto shrine and he's apparently a Buddhist, so hmm. <laughs> yeah, he probably hated the Shinto. Uh, well, that's, well, that's, I mean, it's fine, he died before that shrine was built. Um, <laughs> he's so upset in the afterlife. I should show, okay. I should. You might find this interesting. So I've mentioned before the Japanese everything store called Don Quixote, which I still yes. haven't looked up why it's called Don Quixote. Kieran, do your thing. Uh, Jap- <laughs> just look up Japan Don Quixote and see what you find. But I will tell you free of charge that its nickname is Don Ki, D O N K I, uh, mm-hmm. and it is a Japanese everything store where like they. The gym itself, basically everything. Like we've, I've never seen so many dildos in one place. Uh, granted, so, I don't walk into a lot it, of sex shops. Basically, uh, and this is Japan influence into Vancouver, but is it basically the Daiso? No, the Daiso is a dollar store. Yes, but it has <laughs> literally fucking everything. Yeah, no, take okay. that and make it seven stories. Okay, that's what I was asking. And is it's it, not is it no, but it's the Daiso Chris, Plus. No, no, because the Daiso is also a dollar store in Japan, okay. at least. I, in North America, it tends <laughs> not to be. 
but um, I only the, know the actual, one in Richmond. Yeah, there's more than one. Uh, but the Richmond, the the Daisos in uh, the Lower Mainland tend not to actually be dollar stores. The or, or sorry, I should say 100 yen store, dollar store. Yeah. Uh, but the ones in the ones in uh, Tokyo and beyond are uh, more or less adult. like they do have some stuff that costs more, but they're like a small part of the inventory. Whereas Don Quixote, it's the wild west of prices, man. <laughs> like it, um, especially because okay, Kieran, it sounds like you have some information. Yeah. Well, well, do do you want to know why they called themselves that? Sure, let's just find out about this before I tell the story. Okay, so our company's stores were named after the hero uh, in the Cervantes novel, whose style corresponds to ourselves defying unfair restrictions and regularity, bravely and aggressively offering challenges to conventional retail industry. Our penguin mascot, Don Pen, stands for Don Quixote Penguin. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Wonderful. I mean, they sort of misread the no- the novel because it's yep. about that guy making oh. things up and being an idiot. Yep. Uh, but... Yeah, I would never call actual Don Quixote heroic even once. No, no, he 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 wanted to be. He just imagined everything. Yes. Yeah, he did want to fight giants, which is in and of itself a um, He specifically wanted to fight windmills. So, no, well, he they're, they're that windmills were giants. Right, they're giant. But Chris, you're, so you're, you're, he's really you're telling on yourself. He, you're telling on yourself. Conquered. Chris, you're telling on yourself. Chris, no, Chris. Okay, you haven't read the book. Read the book and then give us a I, report, and then I'll wait, accept whatever you're about to say. I actually like to read um, Don Quixote as presaging an anti-wind <laughs> um, farm uh, movement. Exactly. Uh, yeah. He mm. he was ahead of his time by five hundred years. <laughs> he in wanted being to save against... the golden eagles. Yeah, he's like, I love birds, and these these wind these windmills they're killing all the birds. Yep, I'm gonna tilt at them. Yeah, it's a good one. If, if I don't kill these windmills, then uh, that child from Mary Poppins won't be able to feed the birds. <laughs> anyway, it, sorry, it, Peter. Yeah, no, it's fine. No, no, it's it's good to know that. So I wanted to mention because one of the things they talked about being brave is um. It is consi- it is a tax free store where you can you don't pay tax on the items you buy because J- Japan has some weird tax free laws that can happen because like I've gone to stores where it's been like if you buy this it's tax free but then um, import tax mm. the the seventh floor of this Mega Don Quixote we went to in Shibuya uh, Shibuya I think it's pronounced whatever I'm, I'm I'm gonna butcher some of these pronunciations I try but I'm still gonna butcher it. Yeah, uh, from there, it's acceptable. I want to try though. It's like you yeah, know, there's stereotype. Asian names are hard, and honestly, a lot of them aren't. It's the it's the pronunciation that I can butcher. Anyway, um, the seventh floor of this place, they will seal up all your purchases while also letting you pay for it at the same time. So it's in a tax or a duty duty free tax exempt bag. And my favorite part of that is the seventh floor, because that's like a good chunk of it, but that's not all of it. That's also where they sell suitcases. Which I think is freaking brilliant. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, you've got a giant bag of stuff you want to import and make duty-free. Why don't you buy a suitcase for it so you can take it on the plane? If you didn't already yeah. have a spare suitcase for that sort of thing, yeah. which yeah. I did. Because yeah. uh, I brought two suitcases, and one of them was half empty. 
That's not a shock. It was full. That's the appropriate way to make any international trip. Yep. 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 Which reminds me, I do have a gift for you next time I see you, Chris. Oh. I, to make up for last time when I got I Jesse something and I got your wife something. I don't deserve it, but I appreciate oh, no, it Chris, all the same. I, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm going to be a little cagey about something I found. But uh, if, well, if you listen to the Pot Tower podcast, you might find out because I think I mentioned it. Um, sort of. But I've got something for you that I I'm, will give you. And I'm way behind on Pop Tower. Okay. That's fine. Um, anyway, but yeah. So, but that, yeah, the donkey is great. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. I, I should probably tell a little bit more about the train story. So, wait, yes. sorry. Really quick, really quick mm-hmm. bit. Um, it was weird. Peter gave me a gift and it was uh, a Tanto, uh, the short, the shortest samurai sword. But he was yeah. like, this is specifically for seppuku. And I was like, Th- thank you. Well, yeah. And he was like, hint, hint. That, I mean, honestly, that's just respectful. As if you were gonna, as if you were gonna off yourself in a dishonorable way. No, man, you you gotta you gotta do the proper honorable seppuku. Peter told me he would be honored to be the one to slice my head off after if I brought dishonor to Carbon Podcast, and I said, Peter, that's not possible. You only you only get your head sliced off if you don't do the honorable killing properly. Well, yeah, it's like you know. after I don't want to do the fact. If if you fucked it up, then we gotta yeah, cut your head off. Do we but... think Peter's like not paying that close of attention? He's just like, oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, you saw you... how I did that sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Sorry. katana as well. If if yeah, you're I, interested. I, yeah. I've, well, I've now several. everyone. I feel like the prettiest girl at the dance. Everyone's competing to cut my head off. <laughs> yeah. Well. Kieran, you're the prettiest girl in any room. Let me assure Thank you. you. And everyone, everyone wants to see if you. No, I'm not. That joke got away. <laughs> Don't from do me. it. That do that it. that was almost. And then okay, here back back off. Restart. Go with it. I was gonna say. I was gonna say the thing is, Kieran. Everyone wants a good Kieran head. Okay. Um. Yeah. Again, and that's still not good, right? You see how I was like, eh, it, it, better not. I I don't want to be rude, but it's not hitting me. Uh, but you know, we can move on. There's yeah. the Japanese beer brand, Kirin. Mm. Uh, you guys have ever had it? You seen yep. it? Uh, K-I-R-I-N. Yeah, it's named after the mythical creature, yeah. like unicorn okay. horse thing. I would always make my friends order large Kirins on my birthday uh, if we were at like a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> they reference uh, Kieran in Final Fantasy a lot, Chris. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me, not the animal. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they also reference you. Yeah. They love uh, anyway, so sorry, so you really, really enjoy encouraging your friends uh, to put some Kieran in their mouth? Yes. Yes. They, they love the taste of but... Kieran down their throat. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yes, all these jokes, all these jokes and more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, Peter, I can't help myself. I love to uh, uh, derail. It's fine. It's fine. It, we're killing time. Because um, there's some stuff I, I want to avoid talking about, but I do need to tell the train story. Yes, actually, oh, no, no. And one thing I didn't actually, so there's two There's two horror stories with this trip. Thankfully, both did not ruin the trip for me, but I do kind of like think about them, even though it's like 
you know, it didn't ruin the trip or anything ultimately, but it did. Okay, so I went with my nephews. Mm-hmm. I want to preface this by saying I know for a fact they had all their they 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 got boosted. Mm-hmm. They're up to date. They're pretty much up to date on on their vaccine boost. Like they haven't gotten their second booster, but like maybe twenty percent of Canada has. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, their booster shot did not get tracked at the federal level. Uh oh. Neither did their fathers, but he was not coming on the trip with us. I'm just bringing that up, too. Because they all got their shot at the same time. I'm assuming so, that this became a problem with international travel. You don't say, Chris. <laughs> so, here's what happened. I met up with them on the Monday before we flew out on the Tuesday. On the Monday, as soon as we met up with them, we got to the hotel where we were staying overnight before we flew off. And after they got settled in, we immediately went out for to like see family and everything. I should have set aside just five minutes. Five minutes would have made a huge amount of difference to get their vaccine passport information, scan it into the Air Canada app, and then we would have been good to go. I didn't do that, and I'm a freaking idiot because I noticed this at 10 a.m. when our flight left oh, at no. 2. <laughs> So I had to get one of the fastest PCR tests I've ever had <laughs> twice because there's two of them because they're twins. That... that cost a lot of money. I am definitely not comfortable talking. I I don't tell I haven't told basically anybody how much I paid for that. Let me put it this way. I am super glad my grandparents uh, before they passed decided to uh, give away some of their money early for rainy day reasons because this was 100 percent a freaking rainy day situation. But you know what? <laughs> Peter, you don't have to talk about the actual dollar sign. <laughs> you are a hero. There was a problem that came up, and this wasn't a problem for you. <coughs> this was a problem for two other people, and you you just fucking solved the problem. So, yeah. you know, ignore the money. You solved the problem, and you gave these two people an incredible experience and a great trip. That's what you focus on. Yeah, yeah. Do- dollars don't don't last. E- eventually, every single one of us is going to be broke. Mm. But but the experiences on the way are what matter. And you gave two people an incredible experience. So on that note, I also had travel <laughs> travel difficulties. <laughs> so my passport's pretty old. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. about nine years old. Uh, so it, so it, it expires was, like next year. Yes. Here's the thing, though, with an old passport, it tends to get a little sun kissed. <laughs> yeah. So the photo, the, my mouth in particular on the photo, kind of faded, and they've told me they the Japan would not accept my passport because <laughs> it it doesn't look like me. Now this is absurd because you can still clearly see all my face. It's just my mouth is a little dark, so it's like, you can't see my mouth the clearest, but it's like, you can see my face, you can see the shape of my head, you know, I got a, I got a relatively distinct head shape, you know, it's, uh, it bothers me a and, bit, but it is also, what it is. And uh, also, yeah, I, I get that this is like something somebody can fake, but you also have other identifying documentation to yeah, but Chris, support. But Chris, that's not internationally recognized. Yeah, 
I guess. That's the problem there. So they, so Air Canada, after I freaking went through all the other checkpoints, they, they're freaking looking at me right before they get on the plane. It's like, we can't let you on the plane. I'm like, what the hell do you mean not? <laughs> and then, yeah, so I, um, I tore customer service a new one over that after they uh, did let me on the plane. And then I spent the entire flight so anxious I didn't go to sleep, which is... I probably should have tried to nap because, like, we left at 2 in the afternoon and we arrived um, slightly under 10 hours later. So physically it felt like midnight, but it was only, like, yeah. 3.30 in the afternoon. So, you know, a nap would have helped. But thanks to that, I was now anxious I was going to get to Japan and be deported and leave my nephew stranded for a week. None <laughs> of that happened. So as much as I appreciated the, the rest of the flight, that particular experience, fuck you, Air Canada. <laughs> I agree. I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah. Like that, and that yeah. was a hundred percent. That was an individual being incompetent. This was not some arbitrary nonsense. That those were individuals deciding to make things difficult. So I mean, it's I'm... literally their job to make it difficult. No, but then they're holding up the entire flight. Yes. Again. It's their entire job to make things. No, difficult. it's not because if if they make it take longer, they have to pay us money back. And, I, I think in you're. My I think experience, you're wrong. And I've I've never. I can't say I've never done international. I've literally only ever gone from Kelowna to Vancouver. Uh, but <laughs> if have... it's delayed over three hours, they have to pay you money. I've never had that kind of delay because I've never done international. Uh, Air Canada employees actually get a bonus for making customers cry. Uh, no exactly. one knows exactly. So. Yeah, what happens if you make an Air Canada employee cry? Uh, you get arrested. <laughs> you gain oh, their wait. powers. Uh, I think you'll find that words are not a crime. Unless they're hate crime stuff, but let's not get into that. Because that's a dangerous segue. Karen, no segue. <laughs> <laughs> no segue. Leave that one alone. No derailment. So, but anyway, so we get, after that, the travel stuff was pretty much not a headache anymore. I had a, I know. Okay, I did have a tiny bit of annoyance. I just want to talk about just because I find this funny. So, at Narita Airport, you can take a train to go to Tokyo Station. Uh, Narita Airport is the main international one, the one you're probably going to fly into if you're coming in from Vancouver and you're taking Air Canada. Um, so you have to take the Narita Express. So you go down to the train station. And there's two different ticket offices, one for Japanese only, one for international with multilingual people. And then there's automated ticket stations. So I went to the automated ticket station, and I bought the discounted round-trip Narita Express tickets, where you can get a trip to Tokyo Station and a trip back, as long as the trip back is within 14 days, at like a 30% discount. It's a, it's a nice, it's like, it, you save like 10 bucks minimum. So it's a good discount. So I bought those, and then I realized they're vouchers that I had to then redeem. <laughs> and I couldn't redeem them in the damn machine I just bought them from, so I had to go talk to a real person. <laughs> and, thankfully and thankfully, as I wandered up, there was like a person who was helping like guide people to the right booth, and I said, I'm just trying to do this. And she's like, oh, I'll help you directly. And within like a minute, I had the proper tickets. That That's <laughs> great that they solved that, but also... Yeah. Uh, what's the point of an automated system if you can't? Well, because I think if you don't get the voucher, you can just book the thing in the machine itself. But once mm -hmm. you have the voucher, you can't use the voucher in the machine. Fair enough. Yeah, which leads me to my other story, which is trying to get to Mount Fuji. 
<laughs> so to clarify, I didn't get all the way to Mount Fuji. We just went to uh, Chirito Pagoda, which is a place I've talked about a few times now, um, which is in Fuji Yoshida, a town very close to Mount Fuji. It's like the third last stop on the train before you get to Lake Kawaguchiko, which is north of Mount Fuji by like maybe five kilometers. Like, so we could have still gotten closer, but how close we got, we were within 10, 10K of Mount Fuji, uh, which just gives you some context for the photos you might have seen. Um, but getting on that, we had to take an express train from Shinjuku, which is one of the biggest train stations in the world. Like, Shinjuku is has 24 train lines going through it, <laughs> which is more than Tokyo Station. Tokyo Station has the bullet train. That's like more than all of Canada. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so we so we go there and we try to catch the eight thirty uh, <coughs> Fuji Express. I think the full name is Fuji Limited Express, something like that. Might be scenic Fuji Limited Express, whatever. Uh, we we just miss it, but it's like okay, it's fine. There's another one at nine thirty. Let's just take some time, enjoy some breakfast, then we'll go. So. The 930 Express is the last express train to get to that area. Oh, no. So it's a Monday, so I hoped there would be less tourists. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there were less domestic tourists. <laughs> oh, there were so many foreign tourists who had no idea what the hell they were doing. Because we went in, we bought our ticket, we couldn't buy a reserved seat, so we bought non-reserved seat tickets. Now, what that does is it lets you get on the train, but you can only take a seat if it's not reserved. And, um... So it's, <laughs> like, first come, first serve. Yeah, yeah, and there's lights to indicate if a seat's reserved or not. So we took a non-reserved... We, we, we got on the train, we couldn't find an empty seat, and then, um... the hell happened? Uh, oh, yeah. It turns out a lot of people didn't have either tickets or had non-reserved seat tickets. So it was standing room only, and there was no standing room, really. So <laughs> and this, this express... is like the traditional Japan uh, train where they stuff you onto it? Yeah, except it's not a train designed for that, as well as like, because it's not like a a city train it's a, it's a city to, like it's a connected city train so like hmm. there's no handrails ooh so that was fun and we were on that train for an hour <laughs> okay i was thinking like several hours so 1 hour's not that bad but also no. i don't want to be in that situation it was not fun <laughs> especially when we're imagine, so Especially when people are constantly trying to get past you to get into the bathroom, and the bathroom is blocked by like seven or eight tall foreign dudes. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're not trying to do that. It's just the way the situation was. Yeah. Uh, but then as soon as we've got off the freaking train, we we looked outside and I'm like, oh, there's Mount Fuji, and it's like perfect. And so we just kind of sat, let the crowd of people go by because if you get on without a ticket, you can still pay with your tr regular train card, but you have to pay at the station and it's a whole adjustment it's cause... fair enough no fair indeed uh but yeah no Chirita pagoda was 100 percent worth it and that day was also great because after that experience we also went and we checked out the pagoda we got a beautiful view of fuji us in front of fuji it was the photo i basically wanted i wouldn't say i revolved the trip around that because the trip was revolving around a lot of things but that was kind of one like one of the 
biggest things I wanted to do that trip, and I freaking nailed it. It was beautiful yes. weather. That's awesome. after that. After that, we went to a private hot spring. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. So uh, uh, onsen uh, are basically Japanese. Well, okay, they're not Japanese inns because the hot spring inn is called a ryokan. Onsen just means basically hot spring. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's a private bath that uses hot spring water. So we went to a place that's like a bathhouse, more or less. And we, um, yeah, we all got in a freaking 40 degree Celsius hot spring bath. And it was amazing. I literally want to get in one of those right now. Uh, dude, I want to live in one of those right now. (laughs) Yeah. And it was great because like the place, I knew there was a few around Fuji Yoshida, but then we we left Torito. We got back to like the train station because the train station was like a good central hub, and we're like, surely we can catch a taxi to one of these. And then we saw no information station, no taxis, and I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> so then I walk over to a map, and it's like, oh, here's a onsen, and it looks like it's maybe ten minute walk away. Why don't we just do that? Gives us a nice excuse to walk through the town and just kind of see the interesting local houses, right? Because Fun fact, uh, basically nobody in that small town, air quotes small town, it was about 40,000 people, uh, but none of those houses had lawns. Because, hmm. you know, that's a very European, North American thing. Yeah. They did still have land, but the land was typically one of two things. Farmland or a tree garden. Hmm. Like, a lot of them had, like, fancy circular trees. I mean, and that that's a nice side hustle. You can sell your trees. Yep. I would do that if I owned this property. <laughs> or it's also just like something to, you know, keep keep your time going. You just kind of trim the tree. It's like that's a yeah. good hobby and maintain it. And it helps you make, I'm sure it makes you feel more spiritual in some way. Connected to nature. Yeah. So that was that was a really neat thing. And like we just saw people just like doing for little farming and their tiny little like large bedroom sized farmlands sections like it wasn't a huge amount of farmland but they were making it work so i thought it was neat nice. um yeah we just found a nice little hole in the wall and chris has gone fully into tired muppet mode so i think we're i gonna was wrap it up. i was just gonna ask you uh to gauge my muppet level i'd, uh, I'd say you're I, at about an eight out of ten your head's not drooping okay. but you're definitely but you're looking uh, yeah i'm uh Wait. i would like to remind <laughs> everyone i did literally shit the bed what Mm -hmm. i didn't mention is when that happened that happened at two in the morning and i haven't had any sleep since then so uh, i've been trying with red bull but it's not working and i am way to end on a less shitty note hey i see what you did there Wait, okay. Well, I can do, do this before or after. Okay. I just want to... This is the name of my um, my Santa anime. That, uh, <laughs> You're we, still uh, on so that. Okay. Klaus, so we're doing the Klaus thing. Yeah. Klaus stands for Christmas Tide Laser Animatronic Ultimate Samurai. And then it's like okay. slash slash Red Solstice 1225. Ooh. That's what the anime is called. I like it. Um, and each each of the Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, they're all different uh, Gundam suits. Ooh. 
And obviously, I the mean, Rudolph is the ultimate. Make this happen, and I will be <laughs> the biggest fan. Uh, but, Peter, you wanted to... Uh, yes, Peter, go ahead. Out a couple things before we end. Well, I want to mention that um, Jesse and um, Jacob are going to be representing the BC um, Extra Life Guild in uh, Extra Life United this week. Well, should I say next week? Um because they're going to Orlando Sunday. So that that's going to be awesome. And then they'll be there for a good chunk of the week doing all kinds of <sighs> stuff related to Extra Life United. Hopefully Jacob wins Catan again. <laughs> that would definitely be a big plus. Yeah. Um, and we're and definitely also... going to recap uh, next week on the results of that. Yeah, assuming we have the results by the time we record the episode. Yeah. I think we will, because I think it's done Thursday, so we should know. Yeah. Um, And I want to shout out, of course... Uh, Yellow Timer, Emily. Uh, she's got a Twitch stream that's going to happen that weekend. I don't know the exact dates, but what you can do is you can subscribe to the Twitch channel, and then you'll know. I may or may not also be making an appearance. I am going to try to join in for a couple of games. Uh, but her Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash yellow timer. Y-E-L-L-O-W-T-I-M-E-R. Cab wuzzled. I <laughs> did you really throw in a cap puzzle? Of course I did. If Beautiful. you would like to leave us a voicemail, uh feel free to call one eight three three two 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 one zero nine one, which in no way translates to cap puzzle ever. Except it totally does. Yeah, it kind of does. All right, that'll do, everybody. Uh, bye. Thank yeah. you for listening. Uh, Kieran has said bye already, so I will say bye as well. Peter, say bye. Uh, I prefer the term bisexual. <laughs> okay. You okay. Do you. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Lipstick, trash bag, shatterproof glass, tailpipe tread like grease and chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber.